Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, an independent voice for liberty, an oasis of sanity and civility, a breath of fresh air, this is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast and the start of another broadcast week, for that matter. I hope your week is starting off well, despite, <laughs> for, for those of us Panthers fans, the debacle we witnessed yesterday. Boy, if you're looking for that to set the tone for the week, uh, we're all in trouble. <laughs> Welcome back. It is good to converse with you yet again. As you might expect, we are here at the edge of a big election. Just a week from tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be a crazy week. I say that because we've got folks who are pulling out all the stops. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this later on, the sense of desperation. I was just listening to my words. I um, got a kick out of Bernie preparing a promo from one of the shows last week. And I was just listening to it and just laughing up a storm. Absolutely loved it. Because it so expressed the sentiment that I have about... What this president, the depths this man will go to, to scare the living crap out of you, to get you to vote in his favor. I'm just going to warn you, this week is going to be crazy. They're going to pull out everything because they're terrified. And they have good reason to be terrified. Because the bottom line is their leadership sucks. That's what it comes down to. We don't have anything to offer when you're not getting the job done. Well, what else do you have left but to scare the living daylights out of people and tell them they're going to take away your abortion rights. You can't kill your baby. I'm so sick of it. I'm serious. I'm so sick of this. They're, that's what they want to go to the wall for. This issue of abortion. And their hope is they will scare enough women and younger folks to the polls to try to tip the balance in their favor. My own opinion right now, it doesn't look like it's working. I cannot remember where it was, where they've done some polling, basically, on the people who voted already. You know who's not showing up? Younger people. So far in the early voting. They're not there. This is among the groups. Democrats are really desperate to get out to the polls because they know many of these, as Rush would describe them, skulls full of mush, would vote Democrat. But let's talk about what's really happening as we start the broadcast today. And again, we cite not a right-wing extremist news source, but none other than the CBS News Battleground Tracker Poll. And here's what they're saying. Republicans head into the final week with lead in seats, 
voters feel things are out of control. Well, imagine that. <laughs> it's out of control. What would ever give you that impression? But that's exactly where so many of us are. The election already underway. Millions have already voted. Tens of millions more will vote before November 8th. But listen to this. Eight in ten likely voters describe things in the country today as out of control, as opposed to under control. This does not bode well for the party in power. Republicans are winning those who stay out of control right now. Are you ready for this? Republicans winning among those who say out of control by more than 20 points. 20 points. What does this mean? Republicans today remain in good position to win a majority of seats in the House. However, votes from constituents signaling their intentions suggest anything from a sizable GOP majority to a bare Democratic one is possible. This is the range of what could happen. In their baseline model, Republicans lead in 228 seats, a slight shift their way from a few weeks ago, with the party recapturing some of the leads that slipped from them back in the summer. Why did that happen? It's the abortion issue hysteria. But things have come back into balance as people focus on what really matters. Right now, under this model, we're looking at a 15-seat gain, lower than average for a party challenging a first-term president in recent history. At that level, the majority line is just on the lower edge of the margin of error in this model. If you're watching on election night, this scenario may not be clear right away, depending on which particular seats flip. Seven in ten voters do expect it to take at least a few days, maybe more than a week, to know all of the results. I hope this does not happen. Remember what I said to you last week. My hope and prayer is that what happens election night is so powerfully overwhelming, so overwhelming, that we know exactly where things will stand election night. So the states where they've got these ridiculous counts that have to take place, they go on and on forever. My hope and prayer is it's not going to matter. That it will be so, so overwhelming. That we really will have an election night. Wouldn't that be awesome for a change? <laughs> I also want to turn your attention to another interesting story. Again, not a right-wing extremist website. The Sun Sentinel in Florida. Get a load of this one. Florida Republicans register nine new voters for every one new Democrat in the months leading to midterms. And they're saying the prospects for Republicans in Florida shining brighter than ever as Democrats face difficult, very difficult to overcome odds here. Very challenging. It's not just the multiple polls 
foreshadowing Republican wins, Democratic losses. Not just decisions by major Democratic donors and left-of-center interest groups to spend their money in states where they see a better chance of winning than Florida. It's hard, concrete numbers. That's what they're looking at now. Republicans ahead of Democrats in the number of mail ballots and in-person early votes cast. The two parties were evenly split just days ago. In fact, days ago, Democrats were ahead. Any chance for Democrat victories in the big 2022 Florida races requires them to go into November 8th with more ballots cast than Republicans, who consistently have better Election Day turnout. Final tallies of people registered to vote in this year's midterm elections in Florida show the Republican Party continuing to surge while the Democrats are stagnant. Stagnant. We're going to talk more about this and some very interesting things that are happening among minorities. I want you to hear this. I am so encouraged, which is why I'm telling you towards the top of the show. Stay with us. Back on the broadcast. And I've been telling you. About what's going on in the state of Florida, one of the most important states, as we observe what is taking place there. And it's pretty interesting how Republicans have outgunned Democrats in new registration. Nine new voters for every one new Democrat in the months leading to midterms. It's not a good sign. It's not looking pretty in Florida. For the Democrat Party. I want to tell you about another figure. This one, the numbers are not that great. But I've got to tell you, I love the trend. Let me tell you about Broward County, Florida. The number of black registered voters is about the same. 310,444. Going back to 2020. But here is what's interesting. The number of black registered Democrats in Broward has decreased by about 8,600 since 2020, while the number of black independents is up about 7,900, and the number of black Republicans has increased by 602. There's a shift here, ladies and gentlemen. This is what I've been talking about for quite some time. There's a diversity of thought that is getting traction within the black community. And I love this. I love it. Black Democrat registration decreased. Independence. See, I don't even, I'm not even here advocating they become Republicans. I'm thrilled that they become independents. Because that's what I believe in. Independence. I'm not here to serve anybody. No political parties, no candidates. Independent. I have a mind of my own. And I love to see when people take the same approach. You want my vote, you win my vote. It's really that simple. 
I thought you would find this encouraging. If you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110, 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And over on that text line, which is already active, I mentioned younger people and how the Democrats are depending on younger people to show up in droves to help promote their socialist agenda. This texture in the upstate says, I'm currently 25, and when I go to vote, I'm voting Republican 100%. I'm unlike the majority of young people who vote based off the first leftist thing they hear. I honestly think leftists are stubborn and totally misinformed. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Making reference to scare tactics. This texture says, so when talk show hosts talk about Democrats wanting to take away our guns, that's not a fear tactic to get people to vote. Vince, Democrats are desperate now. And if Republicans win this time, and in four years, Republicans will be desperate and the insanity continues. I'm so over politics. It is crazy, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Desperation is SNL bashing three Republican senator candidates two nights ago. Herschel Walker, Carrie Lake, and Dr. Oz. Why? Well, you know why. This <laughs> so predictable, isn't it? So predictable. This information on where people are and the concern they have about the economy. Vince, it's all for not if we don't get out and vote, like you said. It will have to be a tsunami, but it will take the action to vote to make it happen. Alan out of Gastonia saying that. Problem with you saying you hope it's so overwhelming that it sets the tone. It's in order for that to happen. Republicans need a very low turnout. As if everyone shows up, the Republicans don't stand a chance. Hence the reason <laughs> you seem, I don't know what this word supposed to be the democrats are trying to get the vote out no go ahead show up anybody show up i'm not going to be in this category accused of voter suppression show up and vote seriously i'm urging people who love liberty to show up and vote you can urge people who are supporters of big government to show up and we'll see which side wins Vince it's a little chilly for your Republican skirt and pom-poms haha <laughs> I wear no such thing and for those who have any question what I've said before this is not so much a sense of excitement about Republicans as it is Stopping the radical socialist agenda in its tracks. That's what I'm concerned about now. Then we'll have to address the moronic leadership, which we're likely to have. I mean, I know it sounds horrible to say it. But if they elect the same people that we've had before, it's going to be McCarthy and McConnell. If they happen to take the House and the Senate. So... 
Stopping the Democrat agenda, great. That's the best that I'm going to hope for. In terms of accomplishing anything of significance, even if we get a Republican president in 2024, I'll, you know, that depends on a lot of who that person is. But I don't put a lot of confidence in Mitch or in Kevin. I just don't. I want to make that very clear. Good morning, Mr. Vince. I believe the Democrats will start a nuclear war before they will give up the command. But it's another beautiful morning in Greer. <laughs> that is just too funny. My only concern, Vince, about the voting is the cheating of mail-in ballots. It needs to be a stringent tally of these votes. I speak to a lot of people. 95% are disgusted the way this country's headed. We definitely need a change in Congress. That we do. Vince, here's a scenario I see happening. November 8th, Oz leading by close to a million. November 9th, oh wait, we have outstanding 255,000 ballots. <laughs> Fetterman now leads by 10,000 votes. Counting is almost complete. November 15th, Fetterman declared winner. Jeff, that better not happen. <laughs> I'm just saying. It better not. Vince, I want you to try and convince me otherwise. Going forward, I don't believe we'll have any confidence whatsoever. The election night results will be honestly tabulated. Election day votes in most states are counted first, which are mostly Republican. And the afterwards, all nearly, all early and mail-in ballots are counted overnight. And a time following days, since they now know how many votes they need to manufacture in order to win, look, look what we found. I mean, I share the concern you have. <laughs> Stay with us. Back on the text line. Hmm. You share the same concern. With someone spreading a false narrative on voting, you're part of the problem. Instead of pointing out... There was no proof any of that stuff happened. You share support. I understand. It's for ratings for you. But you had too many retarded people listening to you (laughs) to know that it's all with you. What in the world? Those people go out to do stupid stuff in the name of lies. How does this move the country forward? Let me just tell you. And we're going to get to this because we're going to talk about the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband. And what I'm going to tell you is the despicable behavior from our president yet again. I'm just going to tell you, folks, there are unhinged people, period. There are people off the rocker. A few sandwiches short of a picnic. Okay, let's just face it. But I'm going to tell you, there's something worse than that. It's creepy, corrupt politicians who actually want to profit from tragedies like this. That's what I think is even worse. People who supposedly have all of their wits, and that's somewhat of a question with the current president... Who would dare to exploit something like this? 
and use this as a political weapon against somebody else. It's despicable is what it is. So I want to make this very clear. In any case, since we are there, let's talk about David DePoppy. New York Post reporting this guy linked to conspiracy blogs. Linked to two far-out conspiracy blogs. I love how the New York Post, if this were the New York Times or the Washington Post, they'd probably call them far-right. I don't think this has anything to do with left or right. This guy is just a looney tune. Period. This is the guy in the hammer attack on Paul Pelosi. Poor 82-year-old guy. I shouldn't say poor. This happened Friday morning. DePoppy's name is tied to two conspiracy blogs. One titled Big Brother Censorship Hell features a banner warning readers, the elite's ruling class never censor themselves. You can still turn on any mainstream news channel to hear day and night the narrative put forth by the people who rule you. Although the posts written under the username David DePoppy are mostly blank, they feature bizarre headlines, including pedophile normalization and communist voodoo science. <laughs> First post on this site, June 2007, most recently updated, August 2022. The second one, FriendlyFriends.com, hosts more detailed posts under categories like climate hysteria and corruption. Several of the posts espouse anti-Semitic conspiracies, including one that reads, Isn't there, whatever, a trope about Jews abusing the courts to rip people off? This guy has been described as someone living in storage units. He's the one authoring these blogs. Relatives and acquaintances confirm he frequently shared conspiracies on Facebook and seemed out of touch with reality. Well, duh. His Facebook page, which has since been removed, featured dozens of posts riddled with false information about the COVID pandemic, 2020 election, and the January 6th riot on the Capitol. In addition to a number of so-called transphobic posts, for those of you who are not regular listeners to this program, whenever I see this word phobic, I am very quick to point out to you this is an abuse of language. Because it is. Anyway. DePape also disseminated website links falsely claiming that COVID vaccines were deadly. You know, there's a part of me that even wants to question the New York Post on their writing of this story. Because I'm willing to bet somebody has died as a result of the COVID vaccine. I, I really am. I don't have any doubt somebody has died. Now, whether it's widespread, that's another story. But that's another story for another day. Point is, this guy is a nutcase. He's off his rocker. And it really, at the end of the day, whether the guy's supposedly right-wing, left-wing, whatever, the guy's a nut. What do we do with people like this? Ideally, we identify them before they do something dangerous, like this guy has done to Paul Pelosi. 
ideally. This texture raises a very good question. Why do the Pelosi's not have a security detail, a private security detail? They're worth over $114 million. He can certainly afford it. I, I, this is one of the questions that came to me at the very beginning. There's just something about this, I, and I'm not into conspiracy theories, but I'm just saying, how in the world do you have all this money and not have better security? This doesn't make any sense to me at all. And I know there are crazy stories out there, and I'm not going to go into any of them. And I understand that Paul, uh, the Paul Pelosi story, something had been circulated, in fact, by none other than Elon Musk. I'm not going down that road. But I'm just telling you, there's something about this story overall that just does not make sense. But anyway, that's about all I'm going to say about that. I do want to comment about our president making the comment on Saturday trying to blame Republicans for this attack. That's exactly what he's doing. You can't condemn the violence unless you condemn those people who continue to argue the election was not real, that it's being stolen, that all the malarkey that's being put out there to undermine democracy. Oh, you mean like that moron in Georgia who's running for governor? Who there's a whole five-minute reel of claiming that the election was basically stolen from her? Never said a word about that, Mr. Biden. The president spoke to reporters about the attack at a polling center in Delaware, where he voted early with his granddaughter, Natalie Biden. The talk has to stop. That's the problem. That's the problem. Biden appeared annoyed. The Republicans were condemning political violence without condemning some of the rhetoric coming from their colleagues. Do you condemn some coming from your own colleagues and the words out of your own mouth? Go stand in front of a freaking mirror, Mr. President, and condemn yourself for your inflammatory language delivered in front of a whole nation just a few weeks ago. What did you do? What did you do, Mr. President? Which again reminds me, this is a person who is without excuse. What he's doing is downright despicable. We'll talk more about this. Get your thoughts as we continue. Stay with us. So Joe Biden saying the talk has to stop. That's the problem. That's the problem. You just can't say I feel badly about the violence. We condemn it. Condemn what produces the violence. And this talk produces the violence. Shut the hell up. You senile old fool. Blaming Republicans and so-called political rhetoric for inspiring mentally ill people to violence. It affects people's mentality. It affects how people think, particularly people who are not maybe as stable as other people. Biden again cited reporting the attacker began asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Referring to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Tried to suggest again the attacker was motivated by the January 6th protests and the 2020 election. Don't know for certain, but it looks like this was intended for Nancy. Nancy. 
These people just do not stop. And yes, this is an election tactic. Please understand that's exactly what this is. Election tactic. They're trying to exploit this for political purposes. And once again, look, see what the Republicans produce? Violence. Violence. There's a texture who pointed something out that's rather interesting. Irony is rather ironic, isn't it? This texture says, remember when Rand Paul was attacked and Pelosi's daughter praised the attacker? Boy, our memories are short, aren't they? In fact, there's a story on this. Published Friday afternoon, Rand Paul calls out Nancy Pelosi's daughter as he wishes her husband a speedy recovery from the early morning attack that left him hospitalized. Rand Paul saying in response he wishes the House Speaker's husband a speedy recovery, but called out Pelosi's daughter in his remarks. Wish the House Speaker's husband a speedy recovery after that early morning assault. Here's what he put on Twitter Friday morning. No one deserves to be assaulted. Unlike Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who celebrated my assault, I condemn this attack and wish Mr. Pelosi a speedy recovery. Yep. Comments in response to a March 2020 tweet. Twitter removed comments made by Nancy Pelosi's daughter appeared to endorse a 2017 assault on Paul in which he was attacked by his next-door neighbor and sustained broken ribs and bruises to his lungs. The March 2020 tweet included a screenshot of a tweet from a Christine Pelosi tweet which said Rand Paul's neighbor was right. Where was the media coverage on this, by the way? Where was the condemnation from Nancy Pelosi? Of course not. Because they believe they're above the law and they're above, they're above every other principle. See, principles and values and rules are for you. While they do whatever the hell they want. This is how they function. Which is why they have to be defeated at polls. That's what's at stake here. Vince, I think you're right on this one. People are motivated with violence because the former president saying to suck him in the mouth. He went as far as to say he would pay to get people out of jail. So when you have these outbursts, it's motivated by such rhetoric. We've got all kinds of just stupid stuff going on. It really is. And this is why I've said before that it's important that we find the best people. Not just their ideas, but also their character. I think anybody who listens to me knows what I've said and what I've called for within the Republican Party. Where are the voices in the Democrat Party to call for the Democrat Party to get out of the gutter? Where are they? I don't hear these voices anywhere. I'm talking about voices from within, not without. 
that's really important. I've got a texter. I'm not even going to read his comments. Because he still doesn't have the courage or whatever to call in and have a conversation. But what's really frustrating, and what I pointed out to him, what is your record of calling out people who are on your side? What is it? There isn't one. Because most of these people, all they do is repeat the same garbage they hear from late-night comics and corrupt politicians. Just saying. Love to get your thoughts. We're going to do a new segment today. Yes, I'm going out on a limb. Part of it, I want to set a new tone for Sunday. Sunday. For Monday. And there's really only one way to do that. Coming up next hour, we're going to do a new segment. I'll see what you think of it. It's going to share a little bit of my world. Something that I enjoy. And we'll go into it. I hope you enjoy it as well. Hour number two is straight ahead. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, aiming the cannon of truth at strongholds of stupidity. Who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? So we need to stop that defund or abolish the cops crap. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hour number two of our broadcast. And I want to... Uh, Introduce something very different today. It's a little bit of an experiment. Something very different on a talk radio program. And that's your hint right there. I want to delve into something that's very near and dear to my heart, which is music. And so I want to introduce you to, at least for today, Musical Monday. Uh, One of the reasons I have been inspired to do this, I love variations of songs. I love when they're done by one person and then someone else does another version of it. In fact, it's the second version that I'm going to play for you a little bit later on that really, it about made me jump up and dance in the middle of the night. It's going to be crazy, especially when you hear the original song. It's a song that came out in 1981 by Billy Preston and Sarita. This song is really a beautiful song. And when I listened to it again, I thought, yeah, I remember that song now. I'm going to play you a jazzed up version of it a little bit later on. But first, I'm going to start with the original. The original, as I mentioned, came out back in 1981. This is a live performance of With You, I'm Born Again by Billy Preston and Sarita on Musical Monday. Come bring me your softness Comfort me through all this madness Woman, don't you know with you 
I'm born again Come give me your sweetness Now there's you, there is no weakness Lying safe within your arms I'm born again I was half, not whole With none Reaching through this world In need of one Come show me your kindness In your arms I know I'll find this Woman, don't you know with you I'm born again Lying safe with you I'm born Monday on the Vince Coakley radio program going back to 1981 <laughs> that song from Billy Preston with Sarita with you I'm born again and I'm starting off with the original because um, it inspired what I'm going to play for you in the next segment I don't have time to play it in this one but I want to set up what you're going to hear in the next segment it's I knew I was going to get some pushback on some of this. A texter in the upstate said, Vince, you just lost one trillion cool points for playing that crap. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, this person says, thanks, man. You just put me back to sleep on this rainy Monday. Well, I'm going to tell you, 
you're going to wake up when you hear the version I'm going to share with you next because it is um, really three of my favorite artists. I am a, you probably know by now, when it comes to music, my favorite is jazz. I listen to uh, a couple of jazz channels uh, pretty much throughout the day, and sometimes I leave it on all night. In fact, it's the all-night thing that caused me to discover the jazz version of what I just played for you. Because when I say jazz, it really jazzed up this song. It's not going to keep you sleeping. I want to tell you who's in it first. Uh, Eric Gale, who's a guitarist. This guy was really talented. By the way, I need to tell you, every single one of these these folks left us, and really, they died early. All of them died young. 50s? I think all of them were there. 50s, maybe 60s when they passed away. Eric Gale is the one who has the musical credit for the song. He had his album, and he uh, plays guitar. Grover Washington Jr. Everybody's familiar with Grover Washington Jr., who plays saxophone, loved his music for years. This is what was so shocking to me, the fact that all three of these guys played on this song, and it just blew me away. And the, and the third one, his name is Charles Erlen. His nickname was the Mighty Burner. He got that nickname because of the way he plays the pedals. You see, it's one thing to play keyboards. It's another thing to do the bass line on the pedals. Have you ever seen somebody do this? Oh, my goodness. Especially in black churches, it is just fire. I was at a gospel music event uh, a couple of weeks. It was last week. And it was so cool to see that again. I was like, wow, it's been a while. But anyway, Eric Gale, Grover Washington Jr., Charles Erlin on this. And the other thing, to be honest with you, I heard this in the middle of the night. It woke me up. I was like, what in the world is this? And I was wide awake. I was ready to jump out of bed and dance. It also reminds me of my father, who had a great love for jazz, especially organ music. And I think you're going to appreciate this. I really do want your feedback. As we continue with Musical Monday. <laughs> Stay with us. Back on Musical Monday over on the text line. Stephen Indian Trail, beautiful song. Love, Sarita. She and Billy Preston, may they rest in peace. Love their music. Thanks, Vince. God bless. Vince, don't let Musical Monday get in front of your ultimate goal. Ratings. <laughs> Thanks for the romantic music this morning. Turn you on some Chicago and get it all. Also this, don't pay attention to the naysayers. This is a beautiful song. It's nice to get a break once in a while from the social political angst all around us. Thank you. I love that song. Thank you. And this, Vince, thank you for playing that beautiful duet. Wasn't Billy Preston called the fifth Beatle? And this person saying Billy Preston was a brilliant musician, often called the fifth Beatle because he did so much work with them. Some people on the same page there. As we ask... Our friend Chris, to start this version of With You, I'm Born Again, I want you to hear a very different version, a jazz version of the same song. I discovered this just a few months ago. You're going to love it. Eric Gale, Grover Washington Jr., and Charles Erlin. Thank you. 
The same song you heard earlier with you on Born Again from Billy Preston, Sarita. This one from Eric Gale, Grover Washington Jr., and Charles Erlin. And I hope you enjoyed it. Just a little musical break in the midst of all the crazy chaos in our world. Speaking of crazy chaos, how about that game yesterday? I sent a text yesterday afternoon to a good friend of mine who I knew was watching the game. I was not watching the game. I was watching a horror movie, I believe. And I think I switched from one horror movie to another one yesterday when I switched to the Panthers game because I switched to it in like the last three minutes. And I saw, and I was daring to believe, the Panthers could actually win this game. DJ Moore! DJ Moore! What are you doing? He takes his helmet off in the end zone. Following his dramatic touchdown with 12 seconds to go, tied the game at 34. He got a penalty and then missed the kick. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, 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 I thought it was going to blow a gasket. And then we go into overtime and, of course, lose the game. Interestingly enough, there is a contrary opinion on the ruling yesterday on the field. We're going to share that and get your thoughts as we continue our Monday broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program on this Monday, Musical Monday, and boy, these texts, (laughs) they are great. I mean, it kind of reminds me of Everything else that we talk about, everything, because there's so many differences of opinion. For one person, it's great. For another person, boy, that sucks. You know, this is the way our country is, right? We're at very different places. We start here. This texture said, I love that song when it came out. It's a different sound from Billy Preston. We also lost Sarita at a young age, from what I remember. Grover had an aneurysm on stage doing what he loved. Actually, it was uh, at CBS. It was on um, a Sunday morning broadcast, I think. He was in in the green room, had a heart attack. Great segment for every Monday morning. Oh, Vince, this is beautiful from the upstate. We also have, from Western North Carolina, please make it stop. (laughs) And there's another comment here that would uh, offend some people in a certain community. One thing for sure, God made us all to like things differently, but I can honestly say this music has made me impotent this morning. Have a lovely Monday morning. (laughs) I love that one. (laughs) Vince, I like that version better meaning the jazz version. Also, okay, that's enough. Dang! (laughs) Thanks, now I want a cigar and a brandy and sit by the fire and listen to good music. Stan, I'm on the road working. 
Vince, well, I appreciate the music. Did you lose some show prep? Oh, there's more than enough of that, believe me. Did I miss something? Am I on hold with Geico? <laughs> this is so funny. I like that version, Vince. I found it refreshing to get away from all the politics, but nobody will ever beat the duet of Luther Vandross and Mariah Carey. Really? In My Endless Love. You like that one, huh? Oh, my goodness, Vince tuned in on my lunch break, and I heard music. Shocking, isn't it? Love this version way more. Love jazz. My dad actually played drums for Les Brown before getting drafted. Ah. Vince, I enjoyed hearing some of your music on the show. I enjoyed the original one more than I enjoyed the jazz, since I'm not really a big jazz fan. Okay. No worries. No worries at all. Vince, I didn't know how much I enjoyed that jazz. Relaxing. Thanks. You are welcome. For the break, I made mention of yesterday's Carolina Panthers game, and boy, that was just awful, wasn't it? You know, I, I was daring to believe for just a couple of minutes the Panthers might actually beat the Falcons. And it all just went down the drain. Just like that. Tony Dungy posted today something very interesting in fact, I need to go back to it to see how many clicks it has on it now. But there are thousands of retweets on this post. Thousands of likes. Tony Dungy said this, The Carolina Panthers were penalized after scoring a touchdown in the last minute. DJ Moore took his helmet off and a flag was thrown. Panthers missed the extra point and lost in overtime, but Moore was off the field when he removed his helmet. NFL officiating, was this call correct? And he goes on to say, Our NBC rules analyst, Terry McCauley, says according to the written rule, this should not have been called a penalty because Moore was not on the field when he took off his helmet. My goodness, what do you think about that? And what were you feeling yesterday when you watched this? Were you as disgusted as I was? I, I was just blown away. I really was. Over this, it was my goodness. And the thing... As you well know, it doesn't matter at this point because game's over. There is no appeal. The Panthers get another loss. Rather unfortunate. But I would love to get your thoughts on this important story going on in the upstate. This is one that's going to get a lot of attention tomorrow for sure. Greenville County considering restricting child access to some books in public libraries. The key phrase, child access. This would restrict books promoting sexuality in the Greenville County library system. It directs the Board of Trustees of the Greenville County library system to officially order that no books or content, including digital copies or online accessible materials promoting sexuality, be allowed in the children's sections of public libraries in a detailed written report provided to Greenville County Council no later than December 31st, 2022. 
into the circumstances as to how such books ever found their way into the children's sections of our public libraries and what measures have been put into place to ensure such oversights do not occur in the future. This is on the agenda for tomorrow's county council meeting in Greenville. Boy, this is going to be an interesting to watch episode for sure. Now, dozens of people spoke against this resolution during a meeting in September. One resident saying whether it's proposed or not, it's not only wrong, it's an embarrassment to Greenville County. This also was an issue in Spartanburg, where we had State Senator Josh Kimbrell representing Spartanburg, calling on Spartanburg County Public Libraries to remove certain books from its children's sections. Joined by Palmetto Family Council for a news conference, sharing concerns across the street from the county's library system headquarters. Some parents have shown examples of books on gender identity and cartoon nudity from the library system. If you're above the age of 16 of sexual consent in this state, knock yourself out, Kimbrell said of the books. What I have a problem with, we're using tax money to pay for books in the case of one of these, has a spin wheel to pick your gender. This is for three-year-old children. (sighs) I think I get the concern, don't you? Kimbrell saying if they do not remove these books from the children's section of the administration does not resign, I want to author an amendment to the South Carolina budget to defund the salaries of every single executive in every single library in Spartanburg County. But tomorrow, it's Greenville County, the center of attention. What will happen in those libraries? Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.